Hello, this is Zan, and this is what happened last time. In pursuit of the Red Tiefling, we arrived at the Crosshair Post. We spoke to the authorities before sweeping the town, but he never turned up. Relop caught word of a woodland gnome prisoner on his way to Rontaman, the gnome city. The next morning, we headed west in the direction of Fire's Heart and encountered a fiendish hunter who called himself the Shadow of Gebadir. He sent us on a quest to retrieve a sacred arrow to help him defeat the tiefling, whom he called the Shadow of Rogadag. We arrived at the cave, and a threshold guardian asked us to choose a champion. Lucan nominated me. I entered, and an odd image of myself convinced me to make a vow. I will attack and defeat my opposition. Rogadag, Faradwin, Nock, and anything else that threatens the light. She awarded me with the arrow. We caught up with Gebadir, standing within eyeshot of the beastly form of Rogadag, feasting in the distance. He asked for the arrow, and we prepared to attack the beast. Standing on this dusty road in the shadow of Gebadir, this strange hunter has his hand out to Lucan, asking for this arrow. He does put his hand to his lips, because the beast Rogadag is within sight. Lucan takes the arrow out, loads it in his bow, and shoots. And Merc charges forward as soon as he shoots. <laughs> All right. All right. So the arrow's going to get lost. <laughs> no, I think you're probably... We're going to call you right on the edge. <laughs> so I'm not disadvantaged? Right. Ten. <laughs> hey, could I have done sacred weapon for... No, it's probably just a blade. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, you could have, but too late. Yeah, too late. Okay. <laughs> you, didn't think, you didn't think Lucan was going to shoot that thing? <laughs> Next time we get a sacred relic to give to a ghost, we don't give it to that guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, roll our initiatives. Yep. Uh, no, that was terrible. I was about as good as your shot. That was about as good as I thought. That was about what I was expecting to happen. Well, when you roll a d twenty, uh, seven twenty, you couldn't roll that on the attack. I have advantage on my initiative. <laughs> I, I did was, roll two. I was in shock. Lucan did that. Rolled a natural one, so I have four. <laughs> I, I am also there. seven. Fifteen. That's a shame. I don't have locate objects prepped. Why is that? So I can go find the goddamn arrow you just messed with. <laughs> that I went through an entire trial with a bunch of fallen gods for. You know. Oh, you had to talk to people. Oh, <laughs> man, it's so hard. <laughs> I came to some personal yeah. truths, had about, an epiphany. It's fine. It was about as hard as it was to, you know, just yep. shoot that arrow That's in a random right. direction it's of your eye. I got this. <laughs> it was Zanzi. <laughs> what? <laughs> that threw me off. Okay, Lucan. <laughs> My go? All Here right. Go. He's going to take out Tempest and throw Tempest. Okay. I would assume you're going to advance and then throw Tempest. Yes, he's going to charge forward. You see that the beast turns around, blood and gore coming down the front of it, and it actually transforms for just a second into this tiefling figure, portly, red-skinned, horns. Oh, I got Okay, Lucan gives out a battle cry, starts to yell, charges towards the demon, and gets Tempest out, lights it up, and throws it. Not going to roll well today. Um, we got a uh, 12. 
right? This lightning arcs across and just kind of goes astray, right? Just sort of lands among the cattle that it that it was feasting on. And he starts to draw out his sword and light that up. How we get grass fires? <laughs> just turn this into a giant mess. Oh my gosh, what did I do? Gebed- I gotta go find that cave. Gebedir says that arrow needs to be in the beast. Yeah, I kind of thought so. And he blinks out, suddenly not standing among you. And you're not exactly sure if he blinks somewhere else, right? He just sort of disappears, and it's Hulk's turn. Hmm. Any chance I might have seen where that arrow went? It's possible that it might have landed among the cattle as well. Okay. It was pretty much the same shot that that Lucan. He's just a little to the right. Right. (laughs) All right. I'm going to start heading that way, and I will try to... uh... See if I can find it. Okay. Are you on a horse? Nah. Okay. You hear Gebedir keep he keeps talking because he disappeared, right? But you hear sort of in your ears almost. He's communed with the fearsome sky. The okay. arrow needs to be in him. Like it just sort of everybody hears that in their ears. Okay. My move action and then bonus action to dash. Then I can use my action action for Mer- move. All right. Okay, I stayed on the horse because there's no reason that I've gotten off the horse. Okay. I'll make the horse dash, which is 120 feet. Right, so I just take off on the horse, having to go in full tilt, trying to just get as closest to the beast as possible. Straight right. at the war beast. Okay. Dust kicking out behind the horse as Merc goes charging that direction. Freelock. Run up my 25 feet and cast mirror image. All right. goes... Running forward a little bit, and Zan, you see that you know, sort of old multiples drift off from him. So this tiefling that's standing among this pile of carcasses, basically about you know cattle, sort of watching Merc come closer, and just as Merc is getting you know almost within reach, he sort of bursts into this beast again, but bigger than you've seen before. It burst into into being this giant, you know, sort of bear-like body got horns like a you know almost like a cow or a you know a steer its face is somewhere between canine and feline it's still got the blood all over it you didn't you know the red skin of the tiefling didn't show the blood and when it burst back into this sort of brownish red furred beast it is very visible and sort of gore hanging from its face and it's it's huge. Like it's suddenly just bigger than it was before. And it actually sprouts wings off of the side. Like like oh, a, oh. you know, bat wings. And it is going to burst up into the air and fly sort of more into the crowd in a sense. So it's actually gonna go up and above Merc and it goes about 80 feet directly that direction. If it can get to Hulk, it probably will. That's probably, 50 feet probably, beyond probably where it is where it will land. Oh, noise. So it comes down on Hulk. Yes, the plan worked. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was initially, I'm like, this is such a bad idea. Um, and then I'm like, Mercury ahead. Actually, right. because it's got a little bit of reach, it's going to be a little bit further out so that it's, you know, it's, it's basically, effectively, you can think of it as having about 10 feet of reach as it reaches out and swipes at you with its big So big it can claws. technically hit Merc too? It's possible, yeah. I mean, yeah. There, it's it can kind of get itself into a spot. So, the stench of this thing just comes on you. It's got this sort of iron smell from all the blood and, you know, the bestial stink of it. It just fills your nose. And its 
teeth come down at you, it just clamps down. It's going to be able to swing. Yeah, so first it comes in with it, with its big bite, and the claws are probably going to come in after. So... Bite is the first one? Yeah, bite, okay. bite's coming in, and it is going to hit. Okay, so uncanny dodge on this. Okay. Bites are usually scary. So it gets you for nine points of damage. That's the half. Okay. Both claws are just going to swipe at you, kind of like a big bear maul. They both hit. Oh, no, Merc shot it, I didn't. You guys weren't looking. <laughs> I only went this far to find the arrow that you lost. <laughs> Between the two swipes, you get hit for 26 slashing damage. <laughs> so just they come down and just starts mauling whole. Xan, it's your turn. <sighs> okay. <laughs> so she's just going to interact with the broom and just throw it in front of Relop and then keep moving forward. Then I will Guiding Bolt shot at him. I'll do it at third level. Okay. So I've got a 20 to hit. Hits. 12 points of damage on 66, which was terrible. The next attack against it has advantage. And it's radiant damage, if that matters. So she just rides forward in the giant ball of energy and she just throws it forward sure. overhand and it lights it up. Alright, you're unhappy with the way it affects it. Like it's not damaged it to you know in a, in a slight way mm-hmm. but that should, you felt good about the spell mm-hmm. and it did not do the damage it was supposed to. Okay. Alright, may Lucian's light strike you down! Comes charging in towards this beast that kind of <laughs> it's just in the middle of slashing at Holg. Oh, you have advantage on the attack too. See if you roll 20. 27 to hit. Hits. The divine smite the heck out of this guy. Uh, Twenty-eight points of damage. Sword lights up, and just you just sort of draw it into it, and you feel a resistance on this thing that you shouldn't. Right, like this, it, 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 you're damaging it, but it's certainly not doing the damage that you well, you would expect it to do. Maybe because of that arrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh. He's gonna take a second attack. Thirteen. Uh, Thirteen hit misses. Misses. Okay. Can I roll a perception test to look for the arrow or no? No, you got to be able to. Between you and where the arrow would be, there's a giant monster in front of you. Okay. Wings flail, you know, foiled out mm-hmm. and everything. So, Merc, you have barely been able to react to it, but you're you're closest to the pile of cattle and whatnot that Rogadag was on. And so you can very clearly see Gebedir appears... You know, he blinked out, now he blinks back in, and he's standing among the cattle. And just in one fell swoop, basically pulls out an arrow up from the pile, sort of pulls out out of some meat that it apparently had landed in, and pulls it back, and blood's just dripping all over his arms as he, as he does that, because it was such a mess that it landed in. And there's so you just see this like splatter in this one big fluid motion, and he takes a shot towards the back of Ragadag strikes it in the back the arrow plants itself right kind of in the in the back of the shoulder blades and you see the thing kind of rear up as it buries itself into this beast Hulk's turn alright well I don't have to look for the arrow anymore <laughs> so that's nice take uh, my initial swing oh my gosh I see Just, it from here yep Thanks a lot, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> supposed to be a stun die. That was a, was a <laughs> or, or you're against Lucan die. It was the uh, it'd be AC twelve. Yeah, misses. Yeah, uh, and then I'll use uh, bonus action to uh, attack with the offhand. Okay. And same roll. So. Oh my god. <laughs> so Holg is really you know um, freaked out. Having, yeah, this right thing now. is yeah. just got him shaken. He's you know he's sort of torn up and. 
not sure what to do. Suddenly, you know, he, luckily, he sees that there are some people closer. You know, it's not just him anymore. And Merc. Well, I will get off my horse and I will take my first attack. Okay. Does a 25 hit? No, 26 hit. Yes. And I'll hit it with a menacing attack, 13. And it owes me a wisdom test at 15 or be frightened of me. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't seem to be scared of you. It does, it does however, kind of reroute because you're, you're sort of on its backside. So comes in, slices in. It does seem to do a little more damage than maybe those first attacks had done. So the arrow is doing something to help break down that resistance. Mercs does this great slice. The second one kind of swipes. And then, yes, above everything sort of starts to go dark like it was a sunny day and now storms are just sort of accumulating just like that like just just sort of all the moisture in the air just sort of drives into this spot above you and it does start to drizzle a little bit on the whole battlefield or just in a concentrated area uh, yeah the whole battlefield is affected yep real off your turn that's quite a distance all right i'm gonna start running to close the distance on my stumpy little legs you have a broom in front of you. Oh yeah, you got the broom. Do I need to attune to that or? Nope. Oh. I threw it in front of you. Oh, okay. Can I grab that? And... I'm not going to clean right now. Yeah. <laughs> What's I'm the... not your gnomish okay. servant. You gotta say okay. password. What's the code again? There you go. Puts the code in for you. <laughs> Turns on. Sounds like it sounds like a vacuum cleaner. Oh. Sorry, 50. 50 feet. Okay. I'm gonna cast polymorph on it. If it turns into a sheep, it's still gonna have these giant bat wings. Alright. Uh, needs to make a wisdom saving throw. Yes. It was worth a shot. We're never gonna get that polymorph to no, go off for you. <laughs> Alright, so tries to turn it into something and it just resists. At that point, it's you know, just still reeling from getting hit from behind. You can tell though that it knows what or it has a sense of what Relop just tried to do to it somehow. <laughs> and basically from the cloud above lightning strikes down towards Relop. Uh, Dex. Yeah, soak it all. Ugh. Ten points lightning damage. Lightning comes down. You kind of, just for a second, feel the hair on the back of your head kind of go up in the air and boom! Now it's turn. It's turn. It's going to turn wants a hug. to Merc. Yeah! <laughs> um, I mean, it can kind of do a yes. little bit of both, right? <laughs> so it's going to focus in. Starting with the bite. That totally hits. Didn't roll very well on that, though. Eight points of damage on the bite. Comes in and catches, so he kind of whips around, right? His big, sort of slightly elongated neck kind of comes in and catches, and then it's going to... I think it's actually going to bat one at Holg and one at Merc. Holg, you missed you. Merc, you hit you. Oh, darn. Fourteen. Slashing damage. Big claw comes comes through, catches. Kind of gets you partially in the neck. You know, not hard enough to take out any vitals, but... Definitely rips open the wound. So since he attacked him, do I get a sentinel strike? Uh, yeah, I think so. Right? Yeah. No reason that, that like a large creature wouldn't allow you to do that. Nineteen hits. Alrighty, I will burn another superiority dice. Nineteen points of damage, and we'll see menacing again because I don't know what else to do. Seems to pass it. Oh, what a surprise! <laughs> Lightning comes down on you now. Roll your dice. I fail. Yeah, I fail. <laughs> Twenty-one lightning damage. <laughs> And you notice, too, it comes right down, and it would probably affect him, too, right? Because it's, like, this sort of wide thing, and it doesn't seem to bother him in the least. That's him. Sam's turn. Going to hop off Sienna, move 30 feet forward towards Lacan. Then I'm going to throw out a spiritual weapon behind him, which will attack. We'll do or an 18. Will that hit? Yes. 
Uh, seven points of radiant damage, and then I will sacred flame it. So dexterity save of sixteen. Ooh, roll with twenty. Okay. No sacred flame. Oh. That's it. All right. So everybody's getting into the fray a little bit, and we're back to the top to Lucan. All right. He's gonna take a swing. Find smite that bad boy. He's gonna take a swing. So say down, you demon, and he gets twenty-two. Hits. Twenty-four points of damage. Nice. You feel like he takes all of it. Like this one hit much different than the last one. And he's going to make sure he's he's kind of staying in the area where Zan's kind of behind him, kind of in between him and Zan, which I mean he has to move much or anything. And then he's just going to take another stro- uh, strike. Swipe. Strike. Another strike. <laughs> there you go. That was some awful uh, Tourette's. Mm-hmm. Uh, 25 to hit. And Hits. another divine smite. Mm, came back. 21 points of damage. That's made it for it in the back end. Yeah. <laughs> Roll your dex as lightning comes down at you. Okay. Uh, 11. So you're going to take all of it. 16 points of lightning damage. All right. Gebadir is sanding off in the pile of stuff there, and he actually takes a shot with his bow, with his own arrow this time. Ooh, he rolled well. All right, takes this shot, and again, this you know, the, the, nobody's really watching him, or, you know, Relot maybe can see him from where he is, but for the most part, an arrow comes in again, and it hits pretty close to where the other one was because he's Rogadag has spun around now towards Lucan, which is a little bit away from him. So he's got another arrow in his back. You can tell the difference between the two. The one was the one that you got was very sort of white in appearance and so it's sort of stark against his fur. And this one, you know, more disappears into the camouflages itself into his fur. When he does that, Rogadag sort of howls and like spittle just goes all over Lucan specifically, and he sort of turns his head and looks towards Gebadir, and something happens where you see like this, almost like light from his eyes. It's not like a you know laser or something, but you just see this weird sort of shimmer in the air that runs from his eyes and goes into Gebadir's eyes, and there's like this almost like ghostly string between the two of them. Hulk's turn. Right. I think he's distracted. So and then when he turns his head too, it's like it stops being connected to their eyes. It starts there, and then it's just like you can barely discernible to where it would be attached. Continue uh, trying to take a swing on this monstrosity in front of me. First swing is AC twenty three. Oh, I see some sixes. Uh, that is twenty seven points of damage. Wow. And then with the offhand is AC twelve. I was so surprised by getting that nice. <laughs> this this hit, you know, you, you slide that thing in, and as you hit, you almost like feel like that line between Gebadir and Rogadag almost like flashes a little bit. Hmm. Do I notice anything with Gebadir? Like, you know, it's hard to say. Okay. The, you know, in the rain, in the distance, you are like, yeah, he's just a, a, he's just a silhouette almost. Even with dark vision, you're you know you're kind of at the edge of your vision. All right, Mark, your turn. I'll take a swipe at him. Lots of mess. Ten misses, right? Yes. I'll take my second attack. Well, that's hot garbage. Sixteen. Sixteen actually hits. Oh. Ooh, very nice. So, kind of slips in the mud a little bit on his on his first swing. Second one's gonna gonna land. And I'm going for the leg. Strip attack. I don't know why I rolled the twenty again, but I did roll max damage. So that will be uh, 25 points of damage. And he owes me a DC 15 strength saving throw. Or be knocked prone. Uh, you can tip a cow. <laughs> you can tip, tip a demon. He doesn't drop down again. That light, that little tendril between the two flashes again. Do I notice anything with Gebadir? Yeah, he's not in your way. If you want to kind of look, you just want to look back, follow the trail. Yeah. 
Well, right. I see a flash. Do I look back on anything special? Sure. We're making perception tests. It's kind of hard hard to see in here. Actually, with the, with disadvantage. It's 10. You really just see the silhouette. It's hard hard to hard to tell. Sure. I will. The only reason you know where he is is because of that line. Sure. I am going to bonus action uh, second one. And I gain 18 hit points. And that is the end of my turn. Okay. Lightning strikes you again. Roll your, roll your decks. And I fail. Uh, 11 points of lightning damage. <sighs> kind of lights him up too as he, you know, as it hits you. Relap. I'm going to move uh, a little closer to uh, Merc and light off the Laurels of Victory. Okay. So 17, kind of 23, and 11. So two of them are going to 19 points of damage. Nice. Does that look like it had full effect? There's something about that tendril. But the fire looked like it did full damage to him? No, okay. not really. Comes in, I mean, it hits, it definitely does something. But, like, that's, since that tendril's come up, it's something's it's happening. Yeah. All right. Long day's turn. He is going to, let's see who had last. Merc, right? He's going to put all his force on Merc. He's coming in with a bite. Okay, so he hits with that. 21 points. And then two claws. How he hits with those. Going down, folks. Watch this. You've been dreaming about it for a year. I know, right? It takes more than slime to take me down. The slime, the thing that no fighter ever could be. Did he go in all attacks on Merc? Yeah, he just turned oh. all of it on him. And he went... I was going to save a warding flare. Ni- 19. Okay, I guess I'm still up. Okay. <laughs> Thanks to Tough. All right. And oh, this thing's just... <laughs> Everything's just slashing, you know, going all berserk style on on Merc. Sandstorm. Okay, so Merc looks real rough. So, from where I am first, my uh, spiritual weapon attacks it. Uh, the 22. Alright, so it's going to be 12 points of radiant damage from the spiritual weapon. Okay. And then she is going to do her channel of divinity radiance of the dawn. So, that's within 30 feet. So okay. that the supernova comes by, washes over Lucan, does no damage to him. Throw a rugged eye. Needs to make a cost save saving throw of 16. Okay. And this is just going to be a wave of radiant damage? Radiant damage, yeah. Gotcha. Did, um, he, did he make a 16? Yes. Okay. So it takes seven more points of radiant. Okay. Half of the divine. And if there's any magical darkness around, it gets dispelled, but I don't think this is magical darkness. But. Okay. Yeah, it's... it's yep. Some sort of nature magic. That is it. Probably related to the druid. Yep. That's all she's got. All right. Lucan, you're up. All right. Lucan's going to take a swing. He yells, we are done with you. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> 25 to hit. Hit. Smiting again. Um, yep. Just a lower level one. Yep. 17 points of damage. Okay. Bursts with this radiant light as he hits, and you see that okay. line flash a little bit again. It's still taking damage, but you just think it's somehow not taking all of it through whatever is whatever it's doing there. Takes another swing and says, down you fiend. 15 to hit. 15 hits. Ooh. Divine smite again. 20 points of damage. Nice. All right. The good thing is that you definitely see a lot of its own blood on this thing. It's starting to open up wounds as you guys keep picking at it, getting on you. And it's not enough to actually do damage to you, but like when blood gets on you from this thing, it's there's like an acidic quality to it. It just sort of stings your skin a little bit. Gabriel's going to take another shot with his arrow. Another arrow comes whizzing past, just barely misses Merc's face, in fact, and just whoops, hits into this beast and again it sort of lets out a roar and continues to it sort of looks up a little bit from Merc. Hulk's turn. Continue stabbing at this thing crossing my fingers I don't get too much attention and that is AC 13. Oh yeah what misses. 
And uh, offhand, you see 16. That'll hit. 24 nice. damage. And that was with the uh, Toreador's Malice. So gotcha. Constitution DC 15. Ooh. Seemed to open up a pretty nice little wound on it. Hey. <laughs> First failed save by the demon. <laughs> I know, right? This entire battle. Get that D4 ready. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just like, We're gonna oh, it's that a damage. constitution save. He's going to be fine. Well, yeah. <laughs> he was due for a fail. Mm. Mercury up. Well, all or nothing, I'm going to die this round. It was nice knowing you, Merc. Nice knowing me. Well, I'll miss. Second attack. Uh, 19. Yep. Can hold where your armor? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> you might could. Uh, I will do another menacing attack. And 15, 20 points of damage. And then I'm going to action surge before you get excited. Okay. All right, so third I attack. I was already excited. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> you always seem excited, 21. Um, it's seriously like... Blood is just spraying everywhere. This thing's, you know, teeth and fur and blood, and, and it looks like it's ready to go down, basically. But like it's just hanging in there. And one more lightning strike. Straight, he looks right at Merc, and he goes for a lightning strike. I I get four attacks. Oh, you're still attacking? Yeah, he's still doing his action surge. I thought you're done. No, he's got. Uh, no, I did that. Yeah, yeah, that was. He gets one more attack. And then you can do it. He's going to do this anyway. So. Yeah, he's yep. doing it. <laughs> sure. That was 15 points of damage. And he does still owe me a wisdom save. But he's going to pass because he's a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that he was going to fail. What was that, Mark, for the podcast listeners at home? <laughs> he got the oh yeah. I showed 20. him my 20. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, yes, definitely is hanging by a thread, it seems, at this point. It looks at, at uh, Merc just with this look of sheer evil and roll a dexter. 12, I fail. Okay. 12 points of damage. <laughs> still hanging on? He's still in. I'm not dead yet. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Just mostly dead. All right, Relop. I'm going to go ahead and hit it with Scorching Dragon. Okay. 19, 24, and 9. Two first two hit, yeah. 17 points of damage. And I'm going to rotate a little further. Sure. When you do that, you see that the, the beam sort of flickers when you hit that last you these two go into it and it flickers and because Relob you're moving basically closer to where Gebedir is you actually see Gebedir fall onto the pile and that light that connection between the two has turned off. We're going to do one at the end of that turn we're going to do one more lightning strike this time he's actually going to throw it at Relop go ahead and roll your dex it's not like gnomes 17. You get hit with 13 lightning strike. Should have done a barrel roll. If I would have just shot him with that arrow. <laughs> what? <laughs> it kind of seems to be its last stand at this point. And it rears itself up and its wings go out. And it basically brings him up above it and then just goes like it's going to fly or something. But it just uses those wings to like bat down at all the people around. Just this big, like, I don't know how to describe Wing buff it. Exactly. Yeah, buff it. Yeah. Perfect. And so the three of you that are in melee, that would be Merc and Lucan and Holg, you're going to make a dex check. I got an at 20. Nice. Lucan? I got a nine. So the two big guys kind of drop. They go, just go prone. Basically, that's what he, he knocks you down. And then he's, he's going to try to, to fly off. But because Holg's still standing, you get to swing at him. Yeah. <laughs> Did my spiritual weapon get an attack opportunity? I wouldn't imagine so. Did you roll damage on uh, Malice? <laughs> oh, yeah, the D4 for oh Malice, God, but that's at the hilarious. end of the turn. 
Yeah, that's only an AC 13. Okay. I forgot about the malice thing. Yeah. You want to roll for that? Four damage. <laughs> it flies up into the air, and it does get away, right? And everybody sort of feels the wind of this thing as it goes. In fact, the rain sort of stops because the wings are covering as it flies up, and it starts to fly the opposite direction from where Gebedir had been, and basically drops out of the sky. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Malice killed it? That's awesome. Yeah. Right. I look at Malice wow. right along the road. <laughs> and then I throw it on the ground and I jump on Luke and I just start shaking him. It's like, <laughs> we get a magical arrow, and when the person who gives us a quest requests that arrow, you give it to them! I'm gonna roll my strength to see if I can just chuck him off me as far as possible. Oh, I'm opposing this. Yeah. Dang it. This die is horrible. Oh, man. I didn't do great either. I got a seven. Or, uh, excuse me, a nine. I got seven. Oh. At least they got you off. Yeah. Um, I'm riding towards Gebadir and attempting to throw a healing word out to his body. Okay. From 30 feet away. Okay. I am standing up going tracking down Ragwadot. Ragadag. Ragadag. The healing word expends. It doesn't affect him. Okay. And you see that he's... He never really looked natural, mm-hmm. but there's something very odd about this body laying here. You know, it just it doesn't really look like him anymore. Yeah. There was something about, you know, just maybe the body that it was inhabiting or something that maybe okay. it was giving a form. And so you could, I mean, it's certainly him. You can tell in the clothing and things because he was sort of in tribal dress, but he just doesn't look the same. And yeah, he doesn't respond. Like he kind of, you could sort of make a medicine check. Yeah, she's trying to You're going to quickly see that happened. this guy is just not going to come back. Okay. She would try. Sure. And the okay. same thing with Rogadag. When you get to him, he's tiefling, but again, and he's still tiefling, but he just doesn't look the same. His I still cut his head shade. off, okay. kick it away from his body and say, I don't like bears. The rain is starting to dissipate. It doesn't just immediately disappear, but it's it's clearing slowly. Does that arrow disappear? Is that is that arrow still around? Oh, yeah. Is the arrow on his body? You don't see the arrow anywhere. Okay. Huh. Because you're still on the ground. Oh, I would have got up by now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get off the broom and cast Detect Magic. Okay. Just kind of look around and see if there's anything. Sure. Lucan walks up to Hulk and heals him for 35. And then I shove him away. <laughs> That's how much you have on here. Begrudgingly. <laughs> and then he will walk up to Relop. Relop, you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Thanks for the healing. Yeah, but that's why you get hit a couple times by lightning. Yeah, but what I study makes it so that I don't take as much damage as most people. Oh. Oh, that's fantastic. It's a handy trick to know. Nice. Well, excellent. Merc? I'm over here by Ragwadad. I don't know. I can't pronounce it. Ragadag. Ragadag. I'm fine. Don't worry about it. You are dripping with blood. I still don't need it. Stay away. Yeah, it's most of our enemy's blood on him. Oh. All right. He's going to heal himself for his last one. <laughs> and I'll save my right. spell for a little bit. Today we learned a lunch lesson in consensual healing. So Relop, you are kind of scanning around with your detect magic and you recognize that there's actually a couple of horses that have been staked to the ground. A little that bit sounds off, horrifying. A little bit off of the road. Well, not like that. <laughs> Tethered to the, to the ground. Oh, okay. And uh, they uh, have some supplies on them. And one of them, something is kind of pinging for you. And like you get a little bit of a glow. All right, I'll go 
Investigate. So you end up with basically a chest. You imagine this must have been something taking, taken off of the caravan. Oh, okay. So maybe this, this beast had a little more smarts to him than he, than he looked. <laughs> right. And there's actually a small sort of cash box... And then there's another little crate that has the, the the glow comes from a little crate of some basically potions that are in they're in kind of a um, like hay almost that's inside. Oh, okay. Keeping it keeping them from bouncing into each other. It's like a small box of potions, almost. Yeah. Well, there's two jars of what look like kind of a white paste. There is a red potion and then one that's clear and has some little sliver of something floating in it. Okay. If they're still like yelling and everything, I'm going to cast Identify on over there. Okay. Just ten minutes, right? Yeah, well, yeah, ten per. So the the red one is is a potion of greater healing, but it's but it must be the Pyrian kind because you're used to seeing those as white. Okay. You know, the mother's milks. Right. The clear one with the sliver in it is a potion of stone giant strength. Ooh. And the other two are called Keeper's Ointment. And there's only a few doses of each in there for, oh, okay. for those, but they're kind of nice. Okay. All right, I'll go ahead and explain what they are and tell everyone that I really don't need whatever this is. Merc, you probably... It's like Healy stuff. I give Merc the potion of uh, stone giant strength and say I don't need any first. of the potions really it's what two of them allow you to be uh, healed from poisons so anyone that's susceptible to that might i suppose that could be useful actually give me one of the poison ones because i'm resistant to poison so if everybody gets poisoned but me i'll have a chance to help you guys nice okay and then i can use it the other one as part of my for medicining how much is in the uh, box? I'm assuming you'll count it on the road. Kind of yeah. 1,151 gold pieces, 33 platinum pieces, and then there's a small bag of gems. There's spinel. I okay. don't quite know how to pronounce such things. <laughs> and each one of them's worth 100 gold. And how many uh, of those are there? Seven of them. That's not very divisible, but five. Mark. I'll, I'll work <laughs> I'm working on it. Is there anything unusual uh, that this demon guy has on him or anything like that? Anything that stands out? Any markings? No eclipse tattoo or anything? No, no eclipse tattoo. He's kind of sparse. He doesn't really have much of anything on him. It's like clothing, and really the clothing, it's like barely hanging off of him. Like he didn't really care. And then he had his bow and a quiver of arrows. Bow's not magical? No. What size bow is it? Just out of curiosity. It's a long bow. Not useful for... Hulk, I don't think. Go looking for my horse. Here, horse. <laughs> horse. <laughs> horse. Where'd you run off to? Name him Horace. No. Horace the horse. Horace the horse. No, just horse. Look in the second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. Yeah, everybody kind of collects their horses, and you've got two more that were left here by the beast, apparently. Called that dinner and <laughs> dessert. Let's bring him into town with us. The light starts to come back. The the clouds are dissipating. You kind of almost forgot that it was not evening. I know you kind of hate horses. You're like, would you like your own horse? No, I'm good. All right. Okay, I'll time off and they can ride with me. We can lead two of them. So we'll ride until it is nighttime. Just camp along the road somewhere. Mm-hmm. You start to get into more and more farmland that had already started to happen. And you start to see 
like where you're camping, you can actually see on the horizon like a little cabin or a house, you know, homestead sort of thing, and you can see some light. So somebody definitely lives lives in this area. Do their farmlands look like fertile, like they're growing correctly and mm-hmm. they can have food? Yeah, okay. and it's it's fall, so it's getting you know it's getting to be harvest time. Yep. So that's why she's paying attention. Everything looks good. Everyone take uh, six platinum, two hundred and thirty gold, and a spinel. Spell that how you may. S p i n e l. Sure. They're kind of blue, blue and clear, almost like a sapphire. And they're worth a hundred, you said. Yes, hundred hundred gold each. Okay. So you camp, and anybody have anything specific that they want to do or discuss during camp? Or yeah, I'm gonna have a chat with Zan that watch. Watch. Okay. Your your watch is always last, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or is the dawn watch? Merc, are you on watch with? I'm on a free lob. Free lob? Okay. All by myself. Which means you're just sleeping and not watching. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll stay up. So you say. I'm going to debate doing something to you. but <laughs> <laughs> Merc, you're on your watch and it's the middle of the night. And Relop is, you know, kind of looking through his, his little leather straps on his staff that he you know, studies his spells from. And you get a voice in your head. Are you there, brother? Which brother is it? Because I would know. I think it's Asher. I don't answer. Rumors have it there's a mercenary out west. And I think it might be you. Hang on, i got to think about this. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. fair. It's fair enough. Like, yeah. You have time to respond. What does it matter if I'm out west? What? I respond. Oh. Thank <laughs> <laughs> yes. We established the scene. Relop sitting there across the fire. I just got a message. From your brother? Yeah, the one I don't like. <laughs> you forgot to hang up, and he totally just heard that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't care if he hears that. Asher. I'm pretty well convinced that both you and I know that we hate each other. I'm afraid to ask, but why exactly you and your brother not on speaking terms? Well, let's see. Um, He was harassing a woman, and I saved her. And I was basically told I was not allowed in the house anymore by my father because of this, because he was defending Asher for who knows why. And then... Oh, and the last time I saw her, she was dead, flight on a table in a tenebrous laboratory. Oh, I also think you put me in a jail cell to try to get me tried as a tenebrous cultist. I also think he tried to have me assassinated after the fact. I'm pretty convinced he's trying to kill me and bring Nock back. Well, that's a problem. That's why I'm trying to get the book translated. We'll get there. Yeah. Because I'm not going to go killing my brother lightly, no matter how much I hate him. No, you won't have to worry about killing your brother. Can I feel like I do? I'll take care of it for you. Thanks. Kind of my problem, Eddie. I just came to you for a little bit of help. Well, we'll take care of it. Thanks. Also, I probably really should reach out to Tatter. Who's Tatter? The brother I like. Yeah. <laughs> keep forgetting that you're from a royal family. It's not so much that we're a royal family. It's a large family. Kind of the same thing. Now, I'll see what I can do to help on that front. If you like, you could probably 
ask the uh, cleric about it. She could probably send messages. I think she meant them. I should ask. Almost everybody knows who I am now. It doesn't matter if she does. That's fair. Is it Holg after that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Uneventful watch. Unless you got oh, I thought he got a mental message, too. Oh, by myself. <laughs> <laughs> He's the one guy that could have used a message. <laughs> could have used a little company on his watch. I meditated myself, so I am filling Lucan's boots with mud. <laughs> I'm not filling the boots with mud, just like ankle depth. No, he actually just put it down by the toes, so he slides in. Mm-hmm. Doesn't realize anything's wrong until he gets it in there. Yeah, that's fine. All right. Khan gets up for his watch with Zan and puts his boots on. <laughs> <laughs> and it just stops stone cold for a little bit. What's wrong? Just gotta Takes the his boots off. Starts trying to get the mud out. <laughs> She starts laughing. <laughs> says, you know, you tell me to ignore him, but really test my patience a lot. I know. <laughs> hmm. So uh, as our watch goes on, Lucan's going to ask Zan, so what ended up happening in that cave? I don't even know if I can put it into words for you. Um, was there anything there? Was it just like the arrow? or? No, it was... It was myself, or an idolized version of me, anyway. Really? Yes. And I don't think it was actually me. It spoke as if it were amongst a group of others like it. Much like Gebadir, they called themselves shadows. So, now this is all conjecture, but there's a strong possibility it could have been many of the fallen gods from before. Wow. They asked me some questions. They wanted to know what my goals were, who my enemies were, and they told me to make a vow to go after them. Wow. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> it's definitely something I'm going to be thinking about for a while. And they decided to give me the arrow. That's great. I'm glad you went in. <sighs> Thank you for pushing me in, I suppose. No problem. You deserve it. <laughs> It was definitely needed. Lucan's going to check his tally on his sword. Cleared. Excellent. Can I see that too? Yeah, he's going to do it right in front of you. Yeah. Okay, he'll do it now. So she'll kind of look at it, look back at you, the slight smile on her face, and just keep tending the fire. So incidentally, Holgs will be too. I don't think it'd be the same moment for him. <laughs> Much to his chagrin. <laughs> Unless you want to make it one. We could certainly... I'm not... He's not even going to look at it until it gets brought up. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll have a lot of good fortune upon us now. We'll see. They said they would help. I don't know exactly how, but they said they would. We'll see what form that takes. Absolutely. Should we get Dragon Chess out? Sure. She seems more at ease than you've seen her in a while. Cool. Very cool. Alright, do we travel on? We're heading towards Fire's Heart? We are. Any, anything else, or are we just ready to start moving that direction? I win. Unless you have something else in between. So you travel on for a few more days. I think we were about halfway there. Does that you said that, right? yeah. So somewhere along the way, I don't know if it needs to be a moment, Merck will take out the pistol and try practicing with it. <laughs> okay. That'll be his ammo. <laughs> I mean, right. I got 100 rounds. Sure. God <laughs> season. Make sure he's really far away from Merck. <laughs> I think Merc will take note of that. I'll watch it. 
with my ears like covered. I watch it at a distance. Okay, what are you shooting at? I'm just like like set up a kind of a small rock in the scene. I'm just okay. trying to figure out how the gun works. Okay. And sure. Yeah. So you roll a couple times. Fourteen. You want uh, to spend a couple that's bullets? That's a two. I'm I'm just rolling just straight dex. I'm not. I don't know. Sixteen. Well, you, you can add because it's a martial weapon. You can add your proficiency. Oh. So that'd be a nineteen and a seventeen and a five. Okay. And a seventeen. All right. You feel like you're kind of getting the gist of it. You know, it works a lot like a hand crossbow. It just has a little bit of a pop to it when you, you know, it's really just getting used to the noise that's the most, because it's just unsettling. <laughs> Every time you shoot it, you're like, you just like Zan's over there holding her ears. It's like, yeah. that's kind of how everybody feels because you're not used to that. Yeah. She's like 10 feet away from you, like watching the shots go off, standing kind of behind you. And Sure. After shooting a few times, and Merck feels pretty confident, like he knows how it works. He uh, grabs it by the barrel. Which would be hot, but he's close. <laughs> <laughs> he grabs it and offers the handle to Zan. Mantra. She stands there kind of in stunned silence for a minute and then slowly reaches for it. Lucan looks so insanely worried. <laughs> but he can't get himself to walk up to him. Yeah. Hope's going to walk next to Lucan. <laughs> I got a gold, so she blows her finger off. <laughs> Don't say that. Don't say that. I should go stop him. Shouldn't I go stop her? <laughs> yes. Yes, she should. So it works just like a hand crossbow. She's going to hurt herself. As far as I can tell. Okay. It's got more kick, so you want to hang on. She doesn't get the proficiency, though, because it is a martial weapon. So she's going to put her hand underneath the, the handle and kind of aim it forward. She's going to try to brace her arm Dude. against it. And you hear, but you she hear loses that Zan. finger. Zan! Zan! Stop He's walking up towards her. Stop yelling, I'm aiming. So I'll kind of aim towards the rock he was aiming at. I'm assuming he's had it loaded for me. Come on, this fire. <laughs> <laughs> he's got to like re... Yeah, tell me if you roll a one, right? No, I got a 15. <laughs> okay. Yeah, she hits it on the first shot. Very Lucan nice. stumbles back. She kind of like st- you know, startles a little bit with it, kind of has the gun up in the air, like you know, reacted badly to the backlash a little bit, but still... <sighs> I hand her another round. Okay, how do you load it? Uh, you push the thing, it flips open, pull the old one out, and put the new one in. I wave my hands at Lucan with all ten <laughs> fingers, just kind of wiggling in the air. <laughs> so you're like fiddling with it and you, trying to reload it. You, you actually out. don't have to pull any old one out. Like, it'll expel, so you just have to plug in okay. the new one. So she's plugged in a new one. Let's try again. Uh, Zam, <laughs> you gotta be careful. I, I've been careful. Stop talking while I'm trying to aim. That was a six. Okay. Yeah, that one, that one goes a little astray. Yeah. Kind of hard to aim. Is it these sight lines? Yeah. So you you take the one, you line it up like this, and he's like he's got his fingers fingers up and showing like the different sights. Okay. Line it up and put your target here. I don't want to waste all your ammunition, but oh, I got plenty. I don't know if this is a good weapon for me or not, but okay. Just put another one in. Lucan just stops and starts <laughs> watching from where he's at. Where are you? How far away are you? I'm probably still decent. He was like way far away. <laughs> <laughs> He's far enough away that you, you, you will not get a saving throw bonus. <laughs> yeah, true. Very when, true. When it blows up in my hand. Alright, she's gonna take one more. Oh! Did you roll one? Yep. Oh! The gun jams! I knew so, it was gonna happen. You will, uh, it, it is now going to be unusable until you get it to somebody who can fix that. Oh, and no. Fire, luckily, Fire's Heart is going to be full of people. Who yeah. Can fix did, that. It, right. did it pop on her hand or anything like that? No, it just didn't, gets jammed up and doesn't work. <laughs> wow. I'm sorry. 
Uh, just going to try to like pull the cartridge out. Hey, no, that's fine. Uh, Merkel <laughs> tried to fiddle with it a little bit. He's not really upset. He's just kind of like, no, oh, well, well, I mean, it's not like we know a lot about this. I'll pay for the rounds and the repairs. I'm, I'm sorry. No, no, it's fine. You might actually, because you, you have Smith skills, you might be able to. I would, I'd probably take away a proficiency or something, but like you, I'd probably give you a chance to mess with it and see if it, see if you can get it going. Sure. Well, you, you want me to roll? Around. I think wisdom. I think in this case, you're just trying to like figure out the workings of it. Sure. So just straight wisdom. Straight. Yeah, just straight wisdom test. Natural twenty. Hey! Wow. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can't. You can't promise yourself you'll be able to do it again, but you got it working. Wow. Nice. Well, now so, I don't feel near as bad. Hey, look on. You want to try? No, I'm good. It's okay. It's just loud. I'm good for now. Okay. Thanks, uh, though. I had to get all this mud out of my boots. Merck will put the the gun in the holster. He's keeping it on his uh, right hip, and he's keeping the, his grandfather's knife on his left hip. Okay. And then, hey, uh, Zan can I ask you for a favor? Well, you lent me your gun, I suppose. Quid pro quo? Sorry, it's lingual. Sure. I, I know that. <laughs> yes, of course you do. I'm sorry. Can you reach out to uh, Tedder Walnair and let him know that uh, Lucius is alive? Tedder Walnair? The priest from Lucidum? Yeah. I think you met him. Didn't you go to the, the hospital? Yeah, he has the one hand. Yeah, that'd be that guy. And what's the message? Just let him know that Lucius is alive. Do I need to ask who Lucius is? Uh, it's me. Okay, your name is Lucius. Well, my, it's the name my parents gave me. Okay. You can still, I would say my name's Mark. Okay, well, nice to meet you, Lucius. And she'll put her hand out. He'll, uh, shake it accordingly. Uh, yes, I can let him know, sure. So she'll go into sending okay. and say, you know, is he a bishop or is he a brother? He's like a Monsignor, isn't he? I think he's a Monsignor. Okay. Yeah. Monsignor Wolnir, this is Xanafian Anastasia. I received a message to give to you to let you know that Lucius is alive and well. Please advise if you have any questions. And she kind of says that next to you and just shrugs. You get a sort of emotional response where he's, where is he? He wants to know where he is. It's you, though. You're right next to me. So, okay. Wait, no. Um, <laughs> she starts, like, thinking about something. <laughs> stop her. No, no. no. Um, it, it's going to get complicated quickly. I don't know. He seems very upset. I. Here's the problem. I think Asher Walner is part of Tenebris. I don't know that Tedder feels that way. Okay. And who, Asher is his brother or a relative of his? Yes. Uh, he's the the main bishop in Woods Inn. Right. Oh, yes, of course. But what, who are you to them? I'm their youngest brother. Sam will stand there in somewhat stunned silence. You, you're, you're a Wolnir? Um. You're Lu- Lucius Wolnir. That's the name my parents gave me, yes. I, um. I'm exiled at best. Isn't your sister's in Princeholm, didn't she's married to the Contraries. Did you see her? She wasn't at the party. But you didn't you didn't go visit her? She has a she has a child. I I faked my death to leave Woods in. You you did what? <laughs> she's now <laughs> just digging into everything. 
So, the short version of the story was... Okay. Tenebris was trying to take me out for one reason or another. The cult? Yes. Okay. They failed twice. After the second attempt, I found their hideout. So they're active in Wood's End? Very active. How are you two doing? Um, Merc is telling me things about his past. I'm trying to send a message. Oh. She's kind of being hesitant because she's not sure whether <laughs> she was so, being loud, but she didn't realize she was telling Lucan everything. You two are done with the gun? Well, do you want a shot? No, no, that's okay. That's okay. I'm good. Yeah, we're done. We're just kind of in a bit of a dilemma because it's complicated because I have one brother who I love dearly. I just wanted him to know that it was okay, and he's concerned about where I'm at. Oh. And so he had me send a message, and I did, and his brother acted very emotional about it, and Merc tells me he faked his own death. Excuse uh, me? I did do that. Also, he's, he belongs to the Walnir family. What in the world? No way. Meet Lucius Walnir. Wow. You can call me Merc. Mercenary if you want to be formal. You're not lying. I want to roll an inside check. <laughs> I roll a three. <laughs> That's on brand. <laughs> no way. way. I mean, if I was going to claim nobility and lie about it, I would have claimed it long ago. There's no point in claiming it at this point. So he thinks his brother Asher, the Bishop of Wood's End, is a tenebrous cultist? The Tenderbris cult is alive and well and very active in Wood's End, and he had to fake his own death to escape. Am I getting that pretty well correct? Yes, pretty accurate. So he took the pseudonym of Mercenary to move about undetected. Did you not speak to your brother when you were in Lucidum? I sent him a letter, and he sent me uh, that spell you use. Okay, and you didn't respond? Correct. And I didn't know if he knew that I was alive and well, or... Did the letter not say you were alive and well? Well, it's been a bit, and it was before night's day. I'm sure a lot of people had things on their minds. I mean, uh, I just can't believe this. I mean, Master Orem is from Wood's End. Right. Yeah, we joined under the same man. We did? Well, him and I did. You trained with Master Orem? He said he was part of the Silver Swords. Right. Uh, I was actually the executive officer right before I got exiled. This is just unbelievable. You knew so many people at the party. You didn't... I didn't see you talking to anyone. Well, you know, that's kind of what happens when you fake your death, and I... That was a huge risk. Why did you go to the party? I, uh... If you wanted to keep it hidden, there were so many people there that knew you. Oh my god, I introduced you to Master Orem. I'm so sorry, I didn't realize. You talked to Master Orm at the party, huh? I did. I actually almost left at that point, but he I think Orm would have been on my side, so I, I took a gamble, and that one panned out. Did he remember you? Yes. Of course he did. He didn't say anything. This I, whole time, I, my friend and I used to always talk about how the Molniers were kind of, just had a neat life because they got to help protect the realm and see all sorts of things in the border wood that people like us have never seen. Well, I can tell you how Tatter lost his hand. It was a bear. Really? <laughs> that explains your hatred of bears, I suppose. 
Do you, do you need me to... F- he wants to know where you are. I'm leaving him just hanging there. I... He's going to want to know why I know. Am I supposed to hide it from him? I didn't know he was going to have that reaction. I... You're his brother, and he thought you were dead. What did you think was going to happen? You know, to be perfectly honest, I, I don't know what I was thinking. It was... I wanted my brother to know I was okay, and that... I should have known that he would press the issue. Of course he'd press the issue. <laughs> Alright, well, I don't have to do anything if you don't want me to, but he'll, he might start messaging me, asking for information. Should I just tell him that I've, I've heard about you? Not know that I'm right next to you? Just tell him that he passed a message on to you. That I met him or something like that? Just keep it simple. I mean, if we're going to be deceptive about this, the less lies we have to say, the better. Right, right, okay. You received a message from Lucius Wolnir to let him know... Okay. Tedder know that he was okay, which all of that is true. Okay. I, I can I can do that. And she'll step away from you guys a little bit and do the call. She'll say, This is Anafia again. I received a message while traveling into Pyrian lands for the next Lucite cleric to send a message to Tenor Walnir to advise his brother is alive. I was complying with this request. A little bit of a pause, and he replies, Thank you for the message. Unless I hear further from you, I will assume that you feel that your information is valid. And he kind of trails off. Lucan holds his hand out to Merck to shake his hand. Merck shakes his hand. And he says, I feel like fate has brought us together. That's a interesting statement. Uh, what makes you say that? This just didn't happen by coincidence. Should I just call you Merck still? Yes. It's very clear to me that Walnirs, with a couple of exceptions, like Tedder, were not interested in having me as their family. Your secret is safe with me, friend. Thank you. She'll step back over. He seemed to accept that. He made the assumption that the information that I had gathered was true. He doesn't seem to suspect that you were with me. So, hopefully he won't follow up. But if you need me to say anything to him, let me know. Ah, it wouldn't surprise me if he reaches out to me directly. Also, point of interest, Asher did contact me recently. He did? Yeah. What did he want? He, basically the same thing that Tatter wanted. Now, that's why I was a little hesitant to give him any information. He just wanted to know you were alive? No, he wanted to know where I was at. So he knew you were alive? The message made it very clear that he was under the assumption that I was still alive. Tatter didn't seem to know, so Asher has different information than he does. Well, I mean, when you're the head of a terrorist organization, I'm sure you do have better contacts and Monsieur and Lucidum. Is the book your proof? I hope so. Do you have anything else? Just a few random facts here and there. Like, my brother was a cruel person. He always tried to claim it was in the name of justice, but it wasn't true. Like, he would pull the wings off wasps and say that it was correct thing to do. And he'd also do wicked things. And always seemed to got away with it. Because of his station in the church? Well, and my father was the head of Woods Inn and Venice Legum. Was your father involved with the cult? I don't know how he wouldn't be, but maybe he's just turning a blind eye. I don't know. That is a shame. Well, it's just another thing on the list we have to worry about now. Rooting out the corruption of Woods End. Well, that was my plan. Basically from the beginning. It can be our quest too if you want it to be. Absolutely, Merc. Probably will need help. I'm not so prideful to say that I 
Or not. I mean, hey, we just killed a ancient fiend beast. How hard can it be to liberate Wood's End? <laughs> Smiles. Hmm. <laughs> Depends on how many of the Walnirs are involved. Depends on how many of the Valens are involved. We can investigate that. Let's add it to the list once we get out of Pyrian lands. Well, some of the investigation can happen in Pyrian lands. Sounds like a plan. Thanks for sharing, Merc. Ah, something had to be said, I suppose. <laughs> I appreciate your honesty. And if you need any other future messages, please let me know. I really expected John to come in with something at the end there. Just <laughs> 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 at the end of your conversation, you can hear horse hooves and something's coming up over one of the hills. It's basically like a grazing field off to one side, and that's kind of when you've been camping. You've been because a lot there's a lot of crops, and you don't want to obviously go into the crops. And so usually it's a pasture or something that you just sort of go to the edge of right along the road because it's clear that somebody owns most of the land that you're around. And over the top come what effectively look like ranchers. Which direction are they coming from? Coming from your where we're trying to go. Well, they're they're coming from your north. Oh, you're along the road, kind of, and. They basically, they both have rifles. Oh, How many are there? Boy. Just two. Just two. Okay. They're not actually holding the guns at you, but they have these rifles okay. um, kind of along. One of them's kind of got it slacked across the top of his horse and just sort of leaning it on sort of at the saddle horn. And the other one still has it in kind of a holster on the side. And they say, going to fire his heart. Yes. Who uh, are you? Well, my, my name is Dixon. This here is Clem. Staying along the road? We have been. Is that not the correct action? Well, we've just been dealing with some rustlers. You got too many horses. You want one? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're giving them away. I mean, we'll sell it to you. I don't know what a fair price is. I'll let uh, Mr. Horseman over there negotiate with you. <laughs> he won't sell his friends. So someone is stealing livestock? Yeah, it's always a concern. Certainly. Have you seen any slaughtered herds of kine? No, but we did hear from some people coming from, from the east of similar things, but we haven't seen anything like that. There was a giant beast destroying caravans and killing herds. We defeated the beast and it had these horses with them. We just found them. We didn't know who they were belonged to, so we were bringing it back to Fire's Heart to drop off. Well, this is a... This is the Harris Ranch, so if you want to leave them with us, we'll give you a fair price. Are they branded at all? Do they have any like markings on them? Mm-hmm. One of the horses, the one that, that, that was saddled, yeah. had some still had some paint on it. Like you think it was tribal. Like it came, oh. came from the slaughter, maybe. I see. Okay. And he did ride a horse out of it there. Yes he did. The other one he must have picked up when Somewhere he slaughtered else. the caravan yeah. or something. Um, certainly we could sell them to you if you need to replenish your stock. This one is from the Akus, we know for sure. I'm not sure where the other one came from. Akus? How'd yes. you get an Akus horse? That beast was one of the Akus. Came from one of their villages and stole it. They kind of look at each other quizzically. Look, you can see the painting markings on it. Yeah, they're kind of faint at this point, but yes. Well, concerning the source, I'll give you 50 gold for the two. I look at Lucan. Is that a fair price? That's a fair price. It's, it's fair to me. It's two less mouths to feed. Fifty-four. <laughs> Reload just pops up. <laughs> There's five of us. <laughs> they, they suddenly like, Whoo! what? Like they didn't see you down there, right? You a woodland gnome? 
I am. We're a long way from the woods. Yeah. I got two horses for sale. Dixon says, give, give, give the little guy 50, 50 for gold. I hand him over. You see, as you see, too, when you they kind of have a little bag and they, they actually do count it out. Like, you're not just saying, you know, he didn't have this ready. And right. so they kind of Doesn't count have a bag gold. of 54 gold pieces. Um, and you notice that they're, they call them gold crosses. So the Pyrian money. Pyrian print little, the crosshairs on them. Nice. Hmm. All right, everyone take 11 gold. I figured it'd be 10. You would think so, but we yeah. actually had one gold left over. Oh, so. weird. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. So strange. Yeah, we'll we'll pass on the horses. Okay. They say, just keep moving west. We don't don't want people staying too long. The boss gets a little worked up. How many days out are we? About a day and a half. Is there any inn on the outer edges of town we can stay at for the next evening? Yeah, there's a couple places. You go to the Blessing and Barrel. The what? Blessing and Barrel. Wait, we heard this before. That's in Fire's Heart, though, right? Yeah. I don't know if there's anything on the edges, but, you know. But I know, I know that's one of the, the hot spots. They got those crazy pianos that play themselves there. Oh, I've heard of that. Gnomish stuff? Yeah. I don't know. I haven't been for a while. No. All right, we'll move along. So, you're unimpeded the rest of the way. You start to have a few more little caravans moving back and forth. There's a couple times where you have to stop for, for a herd. Because there are these cattle that, that just sort of wander the plains here, apparently. You do see sometimes that they're being sort of herded by people, but sometimes it's just lone cows roaming around, or, you know, or well, not lone, but like lone herds. Think you could ride one of those, Lucon? <laughs> I don't know if I don't want to try. Right now, I'm just wondering whether the theme from Rawhide is in the public domain. <laughs> <laughs> so on midday, might be, That's it's kind of late afternoon. It is Falsum. 16th and in the horizon you started to see sort of blue haze of mountains and you've been seeing that for a good day in your travels and then right around you know like i said mid-afternoon it all starts to come into focus right the haze you're getting close enough to be able to see the mountains are kind of off to your northwest and the road has basically led you straight west for a while. To your west, there's a lake on the horizon, and there's a little town with stone walls. There's flames that you can see just flickering off in the distance. And along that mountain, you can see this big flat surface. You can't see anything on the surface from the distance, but you know everybody. I mean, everybody's heard of the slab, right? And so... This was the supposed place of the battle under the slab in which the orc invaders were fought off with gunpowder blasting away half the side of the mountain. And it's said that the city was built with the rubble. Hour or two later, you get, you know, actually, get, well, maybe not an hour or two, but, you know, within the hour, I suppose, on the, you get up to the eastern gate. It's just a big stone wall with torches all along. It's a fairly clear day. At this point, you can actually see the slab has sort of scripture carved into it, like a big tablet. And there's guns manning the, the wall, a little bit like at the crosshair post, right? In this case, though, there's lots of people there. 
instead of just the one guy who yelled down at you. <laughs> and most of them have rifles in their hands. You can see a couple that are just standing there with hands on their hips, and you assume there might be something hanging from their hip. And you come up to the gate, which is actually made of wood, kind of reinforced. Lucan says to himself, Viatoros, help me in case he needs to understand languages. Okay. Is the gate open? It isn't. It's closed. How many guards are up front? Um, you're seeing at least six. On the ground level and then more up on the walls? Oh, no. They're all on the wall. Oh, they're all on you're, the wall. Yeah, they're all kind of looking down. I mean, how, is this fire's heart? Can we tell mm-hmm. how big this city is? It's surprisingly small. Okay. Like, you're used to these big cities. Yeah. The, the Lucidum is the you know the city of light. It's this gigantic place. It is surprisingly small. There's probably 5,000 people here, as opposed to, like, 30,000 in Lucidum. I was expecting a much bigger city than this. I don't know why. Well, not much bigger than Venice Lego, I suppose. It's probably comparable. Well, yeah. the, the advice we got was to be honest. How do we approach this? Well, I know what I'm doing. I walk up to the, the wall and, hey, you got a library in there? <laughs> <laughs> Straightforward and to the point. That's always worked for us. <laughs> One of them says, let me see you. Everybody, everybody, look look up. We need faces. Lucan takes his helmet off and looks up. You looking for somebody in particular? One of them kind of talks to the other one. Can't hear him. And they all shoot Merc. What's your business? I'm here to get into your library. That's all right. These two, pointing back at Xenophia and looking, they would probably like to speak to your leader about a, a trade deal. Where are you hailing from? I come from what's end. They come from Prince Home, and he comes from the Greywood. So you could say all over pretty easily. A couple of them are nudging each other and pointing down at the gnome. So, uh. You run into the undead along the way? No, just a demon, I think. Maybe two. Demon? Well, I don't know what you call a bear with wings. And horns. And horns. All kind of looking back at each other. All right, we're going to need a preacher. All right, we'll be here. Pretty standard procedure at this point. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It doesn't take long this time. Just within, you know, you kind of stand there, look at each other, and you hear some yelling, and doors crack open. Reminds you completely of Crosshair Post. And instead of the young man with the rolling up his sleeves, you see somebody come out that looks, like, uniformed. Tricorn hat. There's a little crosshair sort of medallion on the side of it. Like the symbol, the religious symbol. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's a kind of a red sash that must denote something religious uh, around his neck. And he has full sort of leather armor. He's got a gun on each hip, like a pistol on each hip. And kind of almost like a coat that sort of wraps up behind it. So he's just leather top to bottom. Holds out his hands and says... If you would mind just keeping your hands off your weapons for me. Lucan puts his hands up. I put my hands on the pommel of the saddle. Puts his hand out and you see that his other hand is on his gun, like ready to draw Mm -hmm. and running through. He says, we've had a little bit of an issue with undead making their way up from Meridor as of late. And we don't want to be surprised. Said something of demons? We ran across a demon on the way here from Crosshair Point. 
Does the name Ragadad mean anything to you? No, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it does not. But I'm also not of the order of knowledge, if you get my drift. Well, that's not useful. Do you know math? I suppose so. They're more of the history and sort of arcane knowledge. But I'm sure they know their mathematics. Is there a way to seek an audience with Indigo? You got any papers that show that you're from where you say? She can pull out the ledger and then her nobility papers. The Lucite Church ordered me to come speak with Indigo. On behalf of the church, we seek aid. We heard things had gone awry out east. Well, I'd be putting it mildly. They burned half the crops and blew up the main church. Blew up the church? Well, split it in half. Um, it might be a bit of an exaggeration to say it was blown up. We can speak in great detail to anyone in your church that needs to hear the story, but we need to speak to Indigo as soon as possible. Time is of the essence. This whole time he's had this flame kind of coming out of his hand, and he just sort of put, makes a fist, and it just sort of disappears. No smoke or anything. It's just sort of gone. Who do you want me to contact? Indigo. Oh, of your group. Oh. After I talk. Me. And your name is? Sanafia Amastasia. Sanafia Amastasia. Kind of looks at you closely. Make sure he remembers you enough to give you a sending. Mm-hmm. You will be in town? If we're allowed to stay, yes. We've been told great things about the blessing and barrel. Also, do they have one of those pianos that play themselves there? <laughs> I do believe they do. Then that's where we'll be. May we pass? Puts his hand out, sort of a, you know, offer to let you pass him. Oh, Lucan puts his helmet back on. <laughs> uh, how would I get in touch with this uh, order of knowledge? Or do you have a library? Well, the stores of knowledge are certainly a library of sorts. When you talk to Indigo, I would probably just talk to her about that as well. Seeing as how you're coming from the church, I don't know what her take will be on that, but, but she would certainly be able to set that up with the head of the, of the order of knowledge. If you're talking to her anyway, you might as well just get it done. Well, it seems like our path is clear. I move on in, I'm assuming after everybody else. We'll follow. As you're walking by, too, he says, says my name is Max, by the way, and he's looking specifically at Zan. says, in case you want to send me Ascendant. I will do so. a little bit. Who, who, I mean, is he human? He's human. How old is he? He's probably mid-30s. He's got a little bit weathering to him. It's kind of an impressive sight. Like, the, the get-up is not what you expected. You know, like, you've never really been told what they would be dressed like. This dude's, like, full-on Pyrian paladin. And, like, this head-to-toe mm-hmm. sort of gunslinger motif is interesting to you. Can I make an insight check on what he meant by, if I need to send him a sending later? Mm-hmm. 23. He was absolutely flirting with Yep. You. Okay. <laughs> She's keeping stoic face as she moves past. Okay. The hall walks by. He's just going to be like... I- think she's a little old for your friend. I'm young. Or is it just a straight burn? Okay, got it. <laughs> you mean an experience. Got it. <laughs> hey, were you being jealous, Holm? Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Let's just keep going. <laughs> Move along. So you step into Move this along. town. You can imagine like an old west town, right? But the whole thing is made of stone. You know, everything's done with this gray stone that apparently came from the slab. And as you 
start to move through. There's a lot of bustling going. You know, it's a small space, but there's it's fairly heavily populated for the small space. Again, probably five thousand people, but mm-hmm. still, you know, it's not this big sprawling place. Once you walk into, you can see that you know this wall behind you basically runs from the lake, Lake Elmrums, to your south, and it runs all the way to the mountain like it bellies up to the slab basically and then you can literally see the other side of town from where you are like it's pretty far away but it's still within sight and there's another wall that does the same thing so the basically the town is protected by a wall to the west the wall to the east the mountain to the north and it opens up to the lake on the south and there's some docks and things poking into the lake there seems to be a lot of presence you see more of those guys with the tricorn hat and the leather get up these Pyrian paladin version the Pyrian lucans basically walking around and the town itself is set up in relatively straight lines like a grid and yeah it's very much not like the crosshair post this was actually a planned city and it makes a lot of sense as you go through it actually lucidum is a little bit like that too only it is only sprawling so yeah. there's something a little bit homey to that for the twins because they spent a lot of time in lucidum ah, urban environments <laughs> <laughs> what kind of looks are we getting specifically uh lucan and i yeah well how visible are the, you i got the big cloak on you kind of covering it up anyway. Yeah. Zan, are you doing anything to? She's got a cloak on, or? but I mean, it's pretty obvious from yeah. like the chest plate and everything she's wearing. She's wearing lucite steel. She's the weapon and shield are on her back. It's fairly yeah. obvious. Yeah, and I, I should mention Lucan's not like totally hiding his stuff or anything. Yeah, just has sure. the... and the shield is not like lucite or no. It's Elden. It's, it's got yeah, the so. the thing, but the but the sword is very. They're the, I mean they're they're definitely checking you out, and you do get mothers. Taking their kids and like making sure they're not going to get in your way as this big rowdy group sort of comes walking through. The paladins the, that seem to police this place all kind of give you a look, but like it's nothing that you're not used to when you go into a big town. So. And, then, and I'm assuming there's a lot of holsters with pistols all over yeah, the place. There's, there's yeah, there's guns on a lot of people. Quite uncomfortable. <laughs> I was going to ask how many people have blades as opposed to guns. Blades are not uncommon. You still see blades as well. Usually they're lighter blades. You can see that people aren't as armored here typically. You, you see a couple of people in chainmail from time to time. But for the most part, leather seems to be the fashion. Yeah. And what's the racial makeup? It's mostly human, but there's a good deal of gnomes, like Rontaman gnomes, you know. And there's actually a good handful of dwarves. Like dwar- There's probably... Ooh. Every ten people you see, one of them's probably a dwarf here, which okay. is wow. way more dwarves yeah, than anybody's seen. Does a Rontaman gnome just look like a tinkering type of gnome? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like your com- we call them common gnomes in this, and so that's we've met quite a few of them. Oh so yeah, far. I mean, there's there's yeah. plenty in in mm-hmm. Prince Hall, like so, yeah. but the okay. percentage is pretty big. Like yeah. it's probably thirty percent gnomish. Okay, and then that you do see a couple of dragon kids in your travel through the place. Mm. You only see a couple, but there's... What there's colors are, were they? One of them was kind of a gold color, and the other one was kind of a shiny red. <gasps> Kill it. <laughs> Not <laughs> much in terms of Saradin? No. No. Yeah. You might see... Yeah, or half or... You know, uh, high, orc. high Orc, but yeah. from the time that... It, if you're going to find the inn, find the stables... You don't see a Saradin anywhere, you know? And they're not, like, weirded out by you, but they definitely know yeah. you. Yeah. It might have been might have been why that guy reacted the way he did. Yeah, we're gonna be really easy it's to It's a track little bit of an exotic. We've seen a couple high orcs though. 
We've seen no high orcs either. No, uh, no, high no orcs you, you, I think seen uh, one. I think at the time you see uh, another high orc. They're okay. not very a high, high orc. Okay, yeah. yep. okay. So we get to the inn and stable up. All right. I wonder how long this is going to be before she reaches out to us. Well, if I don't hear from them in a day or two, I will contact this Max person. When you get outside the inn, I'm just going to go up to Luke and I'm like, hey, I used to have some marks on this sword. Oh, wait, yeah. Yeah, it's gone now? What's that about? Oh, that's a good thing. Mine, mine went away after we fought that beast. Okay, how do I get him back? That's easy. Go kill someone. You don't well, that's all it you takes. You don't want a tally. Why not? Oh, come on now. Well, you know what? We've had this discussion before. Yeah, it's credibility. Also a stain on your soul, but besides that... Man, this is dumb. I'm getting a drink. Uh, Lucan sits further away from Hold. He just doesn't want to deal with it right now. <laughs> Rick's going to go to Lucan and be like, Do you mean to give him soul swords? No. I did not purposely. I, I just got him nice weapons. Tried to make some peace with him. It was very kind of you. Well... I don't know how much it's working, but... There's a bunch of those firecracker things in your boots lately, or ever. Well, he did put something else in my boots the other day, but... Oh, yeah? What you put in there? Mug. about those. <laughs> I just gave him ideas. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll go into the Blessing and Barrel. I'm assuming we can stable up fine and... Yeah. yeah. And then That's go to Blessing and Barrel. 17, I I'm saying. So, as you walk up to this... Blessing and Barrel, it you know looks like a saloon, like Crosshair Post, only it's made of stone, right? And it, it has kind of the flappy little little half doors. You can hear piano playing inside. The sign, you know, you've all been to the Blessing and Barrel in Lucidum, and the the sign basically has a barrel, like a cask, with angels' wings coming off of it. That's kind of what their sign looks like there. This one actually looks like a sort of a gun pointed at you with angel's wings coming off of it. It's clearly like playing off of that old establishment. Because oh. the Blessing and Barrel and Lucidum has been around forever. Yeah, Zan will kind of stare at it for a little bit. Brother Brachius might be upset about this if he even knows it exists. Yeah, isn't that interesting? <sighs> well, let's see if their beer is even half as good. Well, they do say something about imitation being the most sincere form of flattery. Hmm. Interesting quote. <laughs> you look over him. Lucan's got tattoos on his arms now. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> what? We're friends. <laughs> All right, when you step in, you're a little bit upset, Merc, to see that someone is is actually playing that piano. I was told that there would be a self playing <laughs> piano here. It's not as exciting, but it's still nice. Do I recognize the song? Roll that knowledge check. Performance? <laughs> Yeah, sure. Yeah, we'll just roll that. Okay. 20. You think it is a tune that you've heard before, but you, they've definitely done their own thing yeah. to it. You almost wonder if it isn't one of the ones that Darwin talked about. Yep. <laughs> Those are fresh in her mind but right n- now after speaking. Not the way you've heard it before. Okay. So you're starting to wonder, like, if this is this the way he would intend it? Or, yeah. you know. They start um, playing Wonderwall there's, out. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of groups playing cards. At a couple of different tables, there's a couple of kind of rough-looking dudes who are 
It seems like maybe having a drinking contest, which is weird because it's like afternoon, right? But they like, <laughs> they've got way too many Those. shot glasses. It's like midday. Now. Those are my yeah, people. Yeah, it's, it's I mean it's it's approaching dinner time. Okay, like it's yeah. you know, we're hitting dusk, and there's somebody behind the bar that kind of looks like this rough sort of older, kind of balding man. Does he look like John Wayne? A little bit. Sure, we'll put him. Yeah, something like that. Hello, our. You looking for a room or just a place to get a drink? Is both an option? Uh, do you have at least three rooms? It is an option. Three room. I do have three rooms. Room each night is is a, a gold, and that would include two meals. What do you got for breakfast? Got any good halfling stew? Like made of halfling? <laughs> <laughs> Man, what kind of place is this? No, made by halflings. <laughs> Oh, well, we don't see a whole a, a lot of halflings up here. I mean, there's sometimes a few, you know, coming through. But, you know, the cook does a good job. I could certainly talk about a stew if it's not on the menu. I'm going to go ahead and put a platinum down, mostly because I'm trying to get rid of the leftover loot. <laughs> <laughs> Are you just paying for everything? Or is yeah. Just, yeah. Uh, thank you, Relop. I'm going to go sit with the platinum drinking contest. Um, this, All right, uh, Stabling, too, so I don't know if you want to... Oh, yeah, stabling for four horses. Probably a gold a night. Things are a little pricey here. Yeah, seven gold per day. Okay. I'll uh, go ahead and give them two platinum, and uh, that should cover us for what? And one more gold will be three days. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Master Elam. Lucan's standing awfully close to Zan again. <laughs> May we go to our rooms? She'll reach out, like, the hand for keys and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. There is a key, which is kind of nice. That doesn't always happen. And so, they, yeah, they're all upstairs. It's a similar setup to the one on the crosshair post, except that everything's made of stone. It's the saloon. Saloon mm-hmm. style. Okay. I'll let yeah. you know if I get a message from Max or Indigo or whoever, and I'll make my way up. Okay. Lucan follows her. Yep. Hey, Lucan. Yeah. Does this really bother you so much? What are you talking about? Why are you in your sister's uh, apron strings again? You were fine out in the wilderness. Why are you now back there? He looks kind of baffled. He's like, what do you mean? <laughs> Crosshair Plus, you were no more than five feet in any given opportunity from her. And you did whatever you wanted when we were out on the, on the plains. And now we're back into the town again. You're back on her apron strings. Like, you're just staying very close to her. Well, I mean, he's like, it's kind of a dangerous place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so what? You're dangerous. Oh, thank you. <laughs> That's a I compliment. Just, thank you. Don't, you know, just don't want anything to happen. She'll be fine. You'll be fine. He kind of stops and looks off to the side for a little bit, and you can tell he's thinking a little bit. And then he says, thanks, Merc. And then he follows. Yeah, Zan's gone. Yeah, yeah. He, he goes up to, you know, put stuff away mm-hmm. and all that in the room and... When I'm up in the room, I wanted to pull out, for the first time since we left, the scroll case from Eudis. Okay. And I'm going to write down, arrived at Fire's Heart, awaiting for a meeting with Indigo. Okay. Takes a little bit, but you just get a, a little scrawling back. It says, great, keep me informed. Yeah. All right, is everybody else still down at the bar? I have slammed drinks at the drinking contest. Oh, <laughs> so you're getting involved. Oh, yes. All right. Both feet first. (laughs) 
And they're already halfway into it, so I'm, they, they don't even recognize it. that it's not fair that you came in late. And so you're probably going <laughs> to All right, guys, I'll play catch fine. up. Let's go. <laughs> As you're there, Hulk, you see that this little old man comes in. He's got this coat that looks a lot like the one that Max, the, the fearing paladin, had on. Except that it's got some extra, like, ribbons and things hanging off the side. And he's got that tricorn hat, but it's it doesn't fit him properly. And it's sort of, like, cocked back and sort of pointing straight up above him. And so it's almost like a, almost like a farcical, like, Napoleon look mm-hmm. to him, right, yeah. as he comes in. Exactly what I was and thinking. <laughs> kind of a bristled, you know, unshaven face. And you notice that when he comes in, people stop and kind of salute him and kind of smile at him and then when he goes up he sits down and he puts down like a copper it seems you know just throws a little coin down the bartender that you would talk to slides him a a drink like the whole bottle or just like a shot it's just an ale so it's like a pint that seems cheap for a pint considering what they're charging for rooms i'm gonna ask the table i'm sitting at like who's this guy they look over and they're half inebriated oh that's the governor What's he do? Oh, he's just an old drunk. He's been around here a long time. All right. Oh, so he is a governor. And like, I'm going to get up, take my two mugs with me, and I'm going to sit next to him. And I got an odd number, so I'll throw a gold down next to him. Uh, here's some drinks for you tonight. He kind of looks at you all hazy-eyed. Like, you can tell he's, this is not his first ale today. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Thank you. And he kind of like reaches up and almost he's gonna reach and like touch your tusk for a second and then he stops himself, you know, <laughs> push it away with yeah, one like, finger. <laughs> like he, he, you know, he sort of thinks against it. It's almost like he wants to see if you're real, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, but thank you, my young, my young man. Why don't you tell me about this place? The the saloon? Uh, no, the city. Ah, it's the greatest city in the world. Glad to be a part of it. Never a lack of light. Never a lack of drinks. Alright. What about the stuff that people don't want to talk about? Kind of slack-jawed look. Huh? Well, I'm sure you have homeless in the street. How do they handle them? Oh. Well, I mean, they take pretty good care of me. Okay. As you can see, holds up his pint. A motion for another drink to come this way (laughs) for him. Kind of drinks the other ones like a little extra fast so we can start on the next one. So why do they call you the governor? Because because they made me the governor. I mean, I'm I run this town. Hmm. And I just start taking a really long sip, just you know, let that sink in. You kind of get a knowing look from the bartender. It seems that you know he's got this delusion, and everybody sort of seems to play into it. Right. But he's very appreciative of his drinks, and he's pretty excited about the gold. All right. I will spend another gold. And just continue drinking with him until I'm well into my beers, and then I'm going to find Lucan. Oh, <laughs> okay. God. Um, at some point, I would say, are you going to go back down? Or are you going to stay in the room, Zan? Uh, I'll come down eventually. You can go if you want to. I'll be fine here. You sure? Yes. Go have fun. All right. He goes downstairs. So you find Hulk sitting at the bar next to an old gentleman in what seems to be a, a misfitting Pyrian uniform. And they have drinks in their hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he's gonna start walking over towards Merc. <laughs> no, no, no! You, you wait right there. <laughs> oh, yeah. What? What? Hold. But I got kidding. 
Oh, God. Give wow. me a soul sword. Are you trying to keep tabs on me? No, Hulk. I am not trying to keep tabs on you. You thinking I'm going to be a bad guy? Hold I, like, hold it out. It's still in the scabbard, but I'm like, hold mm-hmm. it out. Because like, you think you, you're going to keep me all appropriate. Hulk, I think you've had a little too much to drink, buddy. I know what I've had enough, and I just, like, <laughs> drop it on the floor. <laughs> I don't need a babysitter. And just, like, burp. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. The old guy next to him says, yeah, we don't need babysitters. <laughs> Res- respect the governor. Yeah, you listen to him. The governor? He's respected around here. All right, Hulk. Go sit down. Have another... We're not drink with your friend. done with this discussion. While you're talking to him, your cloak kind of opens up. Okay. And the governor sees your, see the lucite and the, you know the, the symbols and things that you've got going. And he stands up and he goes, Lucite? That's right. And he gives you a slap across the face. It barely oh. even hurts. Just like just limp-handed slap. He says, I challenge you to a duel. Oh, man, here we go. You sit down, sir, and enjoy your <laughs> night. There will be no duel. Uh, I lean into him and be like, don't offend them. <laughs> this might be their custom. I'm going to go sit with Merc and Relop. Make sure you drink some water tonight. Yeah, you go run. <laughs> I'm going to sit back at the bar. Is that look- blade still on the floor? Yep. <laughs> oh. Looks at Hulk and he says, that's what I thought. Yeah. And then they look at him as he walks off. <laughs> well, Merc, Relop, uh, Hulk has completely drank way too much already. Yeah. He's trying to do a drinking competition. And look over at the two guys who passed him. He almost beat him. <laughs> I'm going to stand up and I'm going to walk over and pick up the short sword that Hulk left on the floor. Pick it up and kind of give him like a, a weird eye and Hand it to him. should keep it. It's been good blood for you. I have another. And then I'll walk off, apparently, with a short sword now. Yes, I'll hold on to it. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you hear that? Did, did you give him back his sword? I gave him his sword, yeah. I'm not. Before I make my way down, I'll do a sending to my father and okay. let him know that we've arrived. And then I'm waiting to hear from Indigo. Okay. So I'm just informing all the people of importance that okay. we're here and that we're waiting. He basically does something that's just glad to hear. He says, I will be in contact soon. Things are happening that I am not willing to share yet. That's concerning. She's not going to question further. Then she'll make her way out. Just as you are about to leave, yeah. you hear a voice in your head from presumably Max. Oh. <laughs> does he identify himself? Uh, no, he just says, if you would like to go to the fire chapel, Indigo performing an evening service, she would be willing to talk to you afterwards. Very well, we will attend. Thank you. <laughs> really no long delay before the thank you. All right, shall we go right downstairs? <laughs> and I'm sorry, she get, he gives a time. I didn't, okay, I assumed he did. Yeah. I didn't expect it was part of the situation. All right, so she'll make her way downstairs, and I get to see the display in front of me of Hulk Annihilated per usual, and then the other three are sitting at a table together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm having the old guy teach me some Purian drinking songs. 
<laughs> Ish. Ish. He knows some. I bet he does. Hi, Zan. How are you doing? Well, I just got the message from Max very opportunely. Really? Yes. Uh, Indigo is apparently willing to speak with us after their evening mass, which will be happening very shortly. So, oh. if anybody would like to attend with me to a Pyrian service, you're more than welcome to do so. I recommend someone stick around and make sure that he gets to bed okay, and she'll point to hold. I think the governor's got it. <laughs> or maybe Relop. The governor? Well, that's what they call that guy over there. Is he actually in charge of anything? I don't think so. I think he's just uh, the pet town drunk. I don't know how to explain it. Why would you think he'd be able to take care of Hulk? He looks like he can barely stand up himself. Relop, do you think he can take care of Hulk? I think he's an adult. He can take care of himself. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with this. He does always seem to kind of come back. All right, I guess I can have a spell if I need to track him down later. That's fine. Let's make our way out, I suppose. Leave him to his business. Is everyone going to go with? Yeah, I'll go. I'm going, for sure. Figured you would. All right, so we'll make our way out. Hey, where are these guys going? (laughs) Going to church, you want to come? Yeah. No, you don't. It's going to be real boring. And there will be zero drinks. We'll come back and get you in just a few minutes. <laughs> is that true? 17 unrelated. That there won't be drinks? Is that yeah. Passing? Yeah. Yeah, there won't be drinks. Yeah. She's right. You don't think All so? All right. Here's lots. We'll leave. We've got to do something about Hulk's drinking problem. Well, it's real easy. We go out into the plains and just don't have any alcohol. Well, that's true. Exasperated. He's got to catch up for all the nights he couldn't drink. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, so we'll make our way. The fire chapel is much larger than the one that was in Crosshair Post. But it's still just tiny compared to the cathedrals that you're used to. It's made of stone, which is very different from the one you'd seen previously. But it still has the steeple that that just looks as though it's on fire. It's not like there's a little fire inside of a bell tower or something, but it just sort of is ablaze at the top of it. It doesn't seem to give off heat as you get close to it. It's it's obviously some sort of magical fire. This one, too, has kind of a red stained glass in its windows, and there's light coming from the inside, and so it really is beautiful as you come up closely. It just lights up the outside with this sort of red sheen to everything. And you can hear music playing from inside. It's not unlike the music at the Lucite Church, except that it seems a little bit faster. A little bit. There's a little bit more of a a tempo. And in Lucite churches, the two primary instruments that they use are an organ and bass, like standing. What do you call those? Like the like the cellos. Like a cello, yeah. Here, it seems to be violin music that kind of runs the show. That seems to be the most common thing that you're hearing. It's, it's sort of the, the star of the show. You don't know any of the songs that they're playing. It's kind of that celestial note stuff that's coming. Mm-hmm. You can understand it, those of you that are that know celestial, but they're not familiar songs. Mass seems to be just beginning when you get there. There's actually full, unlike that empty church that you saw before. (laughs) There's lots of people here. It seems that a nighttime might be common for them. And by the way, when you came up closer to the, you know, as you left the saloon, it's dark out now. And torches are just ablaze everywhere. The place is just lit with fire. So as you come in, you can see on the, there's an altar at the front, much like you, you might expect. There's that sort of bowl of flame like you saw in the other one 
This one does have a crosshair sort of above the flame, so you can see the crosshair as you enter, probably just because it had room. You know, the other mm-hmm. place was so small. And there's a female priestess in vestments of red. They actually look a lot like vestments that a Lucite might wear. Lucites would have maybe more gold, and they would have a, a cross on the front. This one is red, and it has the crosshair, which at a glance looks the same to you. You know, it's a very similar kind of image. In addition to that, she actually has two sort of tassels, it seems, that are on her shoulders, and they're actually on fire, too. She's got two little flames kind of flickering up from her shoulders, and she's running through the the scriptures. It's all sort of like old school, almost like I imagine like masses being back in like when it, when everything was in Latin because it's it's really sort of it's very kind of prescribed and you know they're running through the sacrament of this service in lingual yes okay. and they're actually putting things into the fire they're doing some some kind of immolation where they you know there's it looks as though like she takes out like grain and she takes out some milk and they start like putting in sort of nice things just little tokens into the fire as they throughout the service. Then when that part of it is done, the tone shifts a little bit in the mass and then it becomes a little bit more personal. And then she she starts to talk about her ties into the scripture. She starts actually giving sort of a, a sermon, a homily kind of thing mm-hmm. and discussing the importance of keeping an open heart, new ideas and ways to keep the darkness out of our lives and it's all very appropriate to sort of what you've come here to do it it all sort of ties in pretty nicely to the notion of like let's fight the darkness and find whatever way we can we can do that and i surmise she's trying to talk to us in the back of the room with it i don't know if you get that impression necessarily you know she she definitely has these parishioners that are very in tune with her. Yeah. She's, um, when she looks around the room, she's typically, because you guys kind of have to find a spot in the back that was sort of full. We wouldn't, yeah, there. we wouldn't try to push forward by and, any means anyway. We kind of want to stay under everybody's way and right. try not to attract too much attention. And so to herself. she, it's very, it is very, once she gets past the sort of ceremonial part of the, of the service, it gets pretty personable in the fact that she's like calling out people. Like she talks to them by name and she like, she'll reference people in the audience. There's also a part too where, they say some sort of prayer and they actually get the, there's kids there too. And the, like the children will come up, all hold hands and they'll say the prayer together. And then they go back to their parents, which is very different. Like you haven't seen anything like that in a Lucite church. Is, I mean, I'm assuming she's human. How old is she? What does she look like? She kind of has a timeless quality to her. You know, she, she, she could be 30. She could be 50. Yeah. I mean, anywhere in there. You got a little bit of gray on in sort of her temples but otherwise, her hair is kind of a kind of a strawberry blonde, and it's just sort of pulled back and braided pretty simply, nothing real elaborate. She doesn't seem to have any jewelry on or anything like that. It's just sort of sparse, no like makeup to speak of, and you almost feel like if it wasn't for the robes, you would sort of forget that you saw her. You know, she just has kind of a plain, a plain kind of look to her. But yeah. she's very charismatic. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did they talk about events that are happening in the town or anything like that? Like, did they mention anything about undead? 
like um, at the end of the yeah actually I'm service. yeah they they actually would reference that a little bit in the idea that like the darkness is pressing in it seems and so it's it, it's important that we at a time like this keep in mind that it, we we need to fight against and this is sort of the the premise is that like everybody or the the gist of what she's saying is that everybody can do their part it's not just the paladins in their leather armor it's not just the priests it's all of us so the service ends she leads out the back and then she's basically shaking hands with people as they leave and you guys walk out too or do you just kind of wait i think we'll patiently wait stay inside the building try not to attract too much attention to ourselves unless you want to go forward mark so i was just gonna say is there a coffers Mm -hmm. box i make sure to drop some gold in there okay yeah i'm gonna drop some in too and then yeah i would wait until they left are there paladins in here as guards kind of thing? Not at the moment. There was a couple people doing the service with her, like acolytes maybe. Or, right. But there was nobody like standing guard at that point. And if we stayed behind, if there would be anybody that would come to address us while we're just standing there waiting. Yeah, Get yeah, out of here. Okay. Yep. The difference between Luc- you know, Lucite's very sort of structured in a way, and yeah. you, you keep being surprised by how in Parian society... It's a little casual sometimes, it seems. Like, almost almost to make the twins specifically kind of uncomfortable. Like, yeah. What? Like, they're just leaving us be? Zan's going to make her way up front towards the altar. Okay. Yeah, Lucan will follow. Kind of looking at the big fire bowl and the crosshair and everything. Sure. Like that. How it's so, so strange that it's not a sword. She's yeah. not used to being in churches sure. that aren't like... Very interesting, the, isn't it, Zan? Fire doesn't give off any heat. You yeah. know? I mean, you could literally just stick your hand in it and think it would be all right, but... Maybe, you know, it's like almost you tempted to, and you're like, she's thinking about it, or just, you know, as far away as you would from a campfire to feel if there's heat, and if there isn't, she won't. Sure. As you're standing there, too, somebody does come up from behind. You hadn't seen him before. Okay. He is wearing the the leather outfit. He doesn't have the tricorn hat. He's got kind of red, sort of wavy hair, and it's kind of tied up in a top knot. He's kind of got a baby face. Your first impulse is actually that he's a Saradin for a second. He's kind of got features, a little bit elvish type features. But you're it, like, no, I don't think he is. I think maybe he just kind of has that look to him. Anyone else think this guy is very handsome? <laughs> <laughs> Sam doesn't say anything. <laughs> he's got a pistol hanging off of his side. Okay. So you're here to speak with Indigo. We were just waiting for her to finish her duties. And you are? My name is Brother Chasen. Pleased to meet you. Sister Xanophia Amastasia, the Order of the Light of the Lucite Church. This is my brother, Lucan, Mercenary, and Rila. He kind of looks around at everybody, and then he finally kind of puts his hand out. He'll shake it. Shakes hands. She'll be in shortly. Very well. And then he just sort of awkwardly stands there. I just keep looking at how much he just kind of, like, reminds me of, uh... Lucan with that top knot. <laughs> Just with red hair instead. Yeah, he's not bearded, but yeah. yeah. Otherwise, he, he probably, yeah, he's kind of the Pyrian version of Lucan in a lot of ways. What order are you with? Again, kind of looks at, looks around at everybody. Fire. Are those the defenders? The paladins we've been seeing with the pistols? Some are. There's some in our order like you. Will you tell me anything about your organization? what the different orders are and what they do? There's two. Knowledge and fire. So fire is the fighters, defenders. Knowledge are the sages. 
Something like that. Are you here to watch over us? Yeah, I'm charged with protecting Indigo. You're very young. You must be very good. Older than I look. Do you have elven ancestry by any chance? You can tell, like, his face tightens up. No. Can we see his ears? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they look pretty normal, but sometimes male Saradin's ears aren't very pronounced either, so it's kind of like... Kinda he's, like, like right on the edge, right? <laughs> she comes in, and she says, uh, please forgive me. One moment, please. And she sort of steps into a side room. She doesn't even shut the door. You can see that she's taking her robes off. Mm-hmm. Again, this sort of casual feel to everything. I mean, just you know, she's not disrobing, but she's taking the vestments off. Sure. And she comes back out. I see you've been acquainted with Brother Chasen here. Yes, he's been taking good care of us and is quite the conversationalist. That's, uh, that's exactly how I'd describe him. She puts her hand out. Reach out. Indigo. Sister Xanthi and Anastasia, Order of the Light of Lucite Church. Chasen says it's High Priestess Indigo. She just doesn't like to call herself that. My apologies, High Priestess. I meant no offense. She's a nun, David. So what do we do the honor with Lucite clergy here in Fireshard? It's a rarity. We have several needs that only your people can help us meet. If we may speak frankly of what has happened over the last few months in the Lucite lands, everything will become clear. Fast forward 30 minutes later. (laughs) Basically. I was waiting for the response, but yes. (laughs) She says, this sounds like required drink. See, Hulk did want to come. Yeah, I I lied right to his face. I had no idea. (laughs) We'll make it up to him later. She has a bottle of whiskey, basically, and she's little... Like a rectory kind of thing? Yeah, a little rectory that she's she's got a little cabinet that apparently has got her stash in it. She kind of brings it out. Okay. So we're drinking in the main cathedral, like in the... In the, in yeah, in the, in the church, yeah. Okay. Yep. We'll have a drink and then she will go through it all. Right. Yeah, and just, you know, while you oh, you run through it. Yep. Is it like wine or is it... It's whiskey. Like, it's whiskey. Oh, yeah. it's whiskey. How is it in comparison to the stuff from the Crosshair Post, like the fire water and the... You think it might be the fire water. Okay. Yeah. I'm assuming a better vintage of it. <laughs> Maybe. Possibly. So by the end of it, she'll finish her kind of spiel about it. She'll pull out the ledger mm-hmm. and hand it to her and say... The fate of many innocent people in Lucite lands are in your hands. We need your assistance, and we are willing to compensate you for what you can do to help us survive the winter. This is the priority of our visit. However, we do have other things we need to ask of your church beyond this, but this is primary for myself. She kind of looks through the ledger a little bit, and she's obviously taking in all that you told her. She hasn't said much. She's just calmly listening. She kind of has a stare. It's almost like it's hard not to look away sometimes. She's just kind of intense in the way she looks at people. Can we and tell if she like believes us? Can we tell if she's scared? Can we tell uh, what her reactions are to the whole knock-returning situation? She's pretty hard to read, but you, your impression is that she's just trying to read you, right? Okay. Like, she really wants to figure out whether or not you're telling the truth. Mm-hmm. She's... Deciding how sincere you are. That's, that's the impression you get anyway. Obviously, Zan isn't lying, and she's not holding anything back. She says, we were, I think, spared from a lot of the troubles there. We have some allies among the tribals, and some of their ways actually, I think, helped us avoid this eclipse. We had been told that something like that was on the horizon. I feel that I've failed in not communicating with the Lucites. 
because maybe we could have helped some of that too. Well, there's a lot of mistrust between our peoples. It, it's understandable. Well, and with your Pope being ill as of recent too, I think that was maybe part of our decision. My condolences, by the way. Yeah, Zan kind of looks a little bit more sullen to that idea and nods. Have they found a replacement for him yet? Not that I'm aware of, but I can get you that information shortly. You did hear that he passed. Sam stops, kind of dead in her tracks. We did not. I knew he was sick, but... When? It was catatonic last we knew him. Blues. Maybe a month passed? Odd that they wouldn't tell you. No one's no one said anything. I'll have to I'll have to speak to the bishops. Thank you. So she's kinda of walk away from it a little bit. So she's half listening, but she's also now processing that information. So she kinda of runs through the ledger a little bit more and she says I think that we could probably help with grain. The offers in here. I think we could find some materials that we could use. It, it, it's, you know, if we have a surplus, why wouldn't we help make those arrangements and send things down? Is there, you spoke of other things that you want, that you need while you're here? Kind of to the group. Yeah, I'm letting other people go. She's kind of off to the side for a bit. The order of, uh, what's the wizards again? Knowledge. Knowledge. No, 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 not theirs. Light bearers. Light bearers. Yeah, the light bearers, um, Oscar Tast. This group of trying to find uh, just some different magics. We're trying to track down things like Faerial and they feel that they're lacking in those areas. The witch that you... Yes. Is apparently, that is correct. Apparently still after you? She exists in a place known as the Shadowfell. The Lightbearers asked me to ask if your order of knowledge, if your sages have learned anything about this place and can get us any kind of information. She is attempting to hunt me from there. She's already sent one assassin after me. There will be more, but if we can hunt her down at the source or find a way of cutting her off from being here, I would be safer. But that's a personal request that's less important than the grains. Well, being able to stop Nox's power is good for everyone as well. I definitely would call her the Herald of Nox. Absolutely. Destroying her would weaken his position. So access to that would be of benefit and... Mercenary here has something he needs to have decoded using mathematics that are beyond our people. Perhaps your order of knowledge could be of assistance there as well. Well, it's not my order, but I'm sure that we could talk to Brother Thurman and see if they have such knowledge. With his permission, send you to the stores of knowledge. You would be under guard. Of course. They don't let just anyone... In there. We would only need to focus our study in those areas. We don't wish to have access to anything else. Is there anything else that you're wanting while you're here? We have one question. What's down there, or where are these undead coming from? There's always been an undead presence in undead. There's always been an undead presence in Meridor, but as of late, since Medesta, the sixth, probably, it has become more than we are used to. I've sent a couple groups down. Some have come back, some haven't. At this point, we're a little short-manned, and so we have started to focus on just keeping the city safe. The ones who came back, what did they report? More undead than they were ready for. 
There's a rumor, too, of an orc presence. You mean like high orcs? No, orc orc. More savage ones? We think that some come from beyond the mountain. Oh. And it's possible that some have found some sort of encampment in Maradar. So we have sort of an insurgence of undead while also dealing with orcs from time to time. So I'm sure that you ran into a little bit of scrutiny at the gates. That wouldn't typically be the case, but we're a little concerned about what we've been finding lately. No, it was it was understandable. We went through the same at the crosshair post as well. I'm not concerned. Nothing to hide. I'm just asking because I think we will be heading that way eventually. We'd be more than happy to investigate for you. And any help that you could give in that area would be greatly obliged. Because like I said, we were running a little short. I can't send any more people that direction if I'm going to lose them. All of the advice we were given to come here was to be honest with you, and I hope you understand that that's been the case here. Do you believe in what we're telling you? Had a long pause, and she kind of looks around everybody. I do. Octur sends his regards. Hmm. Met Octur in your travels, huh? Only a few months back. He said wonderful things about you. I'm glad to see he was correct. Smiles. So what should we do now? Wait for your the order of knowledge to get back to us? Yes, I'll talk to Brother Thurman, and I'm, I'm sure that they would allow you to do a little research. That's what you're wanting to do? She kind of looks at Merc. Yeah. Just trying to decrypt the book. And learn about this shadow cell. She says it too like she doesn't know what you're talking about. Right? Okay. It's not really her order either. Nope, that's fine. And then this ledger, you'll be able to make the arrangements? Yes, that's the one thing that I can do. I will send in. The, there's information in the ledger to sort of how to, who to contact and how that'll work. And so it's kind of out of your hands at this point. Like she, she basically says, we'll, we'll make that happen. Thank you so much on behalf of everyone. Of the says, thank you, High Priestess Indigo. Bless your heart. Is there anything else you require of us? Not at this time, but I appreciate the offer. We'll be at the Blessing and Barrel if you think of anything. We are at your disposal while we are here. Okay. Is there anything else other can relap? I don't know if there's anything else you guys can <laughs> relap sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's drinking straight like counting the most. He's as wasted Whee! as Hulk. When we get back to the Blessing and Barrel, what's Hulk up to? He's managed to maintain his level of inebriation. <laughs> he did not escalate it anymore. He knew to kind of set it on its own course at that point. He's still singing along with the governor. We don't need to mention the fact that there was alcohol at the church. No, but he'll probably smell it on our breaths. I don't know that he's going to be he's that not. perceptive. Yeah, he won't be. He won't be. Okay. Does he still have his sword? Yeah. Yeah. It's got three tallies on it, but we're not going to get into that. <laughs> and the count climbs. Murder three people all your Nice. I'm productive. Yeah, Lucan says, why don't we just all have a nice meal? Okay. Before we keep an eye on hold for a little bit longer. This seems to be quite a weight off of Zan's shoulders. That went well. That went really well. I almost don't trust it.
Thank you for listening to this episode of D4 on the Floor. Please check out our D4 on the Floor website at d4onthefloor.com. That's the letter D, the number four, onthefloor.com for more great gaming content. Chicken and a biscuit. That should be our new sponsor. I love chicken and biscuit. I'd be 100% on board. Nabisco, please send us money. No, just chicken and biscuit. <laughs> I love that chicken at Popeyes. Yeah. I do not the last enjoy time I went there, it. Was, oh, oh my terrible. god, the shrimp po' boy. Oh, so good. I, I, I don't think I No, thank you. I've that. already had diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. So they're yeah, off the last half. I just wanted to hear it for the recording without snaps and crackles. Or pops. Or pops. In Hollywood, it's you know, all about who you know. And I know Crackle. And I know Crackle. There it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were both on Mitch Hedberg's string on that one. That was a legend. Snap, Crackle, Mitch, and Pop. Ducks eat free at Subway. <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole group of ducks outside, and they all want sun chips. <laughs>